male living space. A podcast about spas. Welcome to Male Living Space, a podcast about Sparks. I'm Gib Christensen, and I love the band Sparks. I'm Jamie Ogihara, and I don't know one single thing about the band Sparks. And together, we're dissecting the seminal brotherly band's complete body of work, one album at a time. Now, last month, we talked about the album Propaganda, Sparks' first post-real fame record. Now, the reception to it was... Pretty good. Not amazing, not terrible. A lot of critics saw it sort of the same way that I saw the first two albums by The Strokes get received, where the first was a giant smash, and so the reviews and opinions on the second just revolved so much around is it better than the first? Does it compare to the first? Is it just like a diet first? And that was the main reception to propaganda. People were like, it's cool, but is it this town ain't big enough for the both of us cool? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just thought no. But that didn't stop Sparks from making a even more ambitious record, in my opinion, with indiscreet, with lush string arrangements and just a lot more complex instrumentation. Sparks walk in with a much bigger statement here on this album. Very, very funded by the record company because of Kimono My House's success. Without that, they wouldn't have been given the budget from Island Records to bring in the level of instrumentation Indiscreet has. Does the record company kind of regret it? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) The profits and everything from Indiscreet, even the critical reception, was not at all what they were looking for. So in hindsight, Island kind of regrets Indiscreet to a certain extent. There's another bit of history before the making of the album that I wanted to Mm. mention. Are you aware of the French filmmaker Jacques Tati? I am. Yes. So before they made Indiscreet, and while they were still kind of riding the hype train, uh, they got in touch with Jacques Tati to star in his next movie called Confusion. There weren't many details given on the movie, but it was going to star Jacques himself, Ron, and Russell. But as time went on, their meetings with Jacques kept getting less and less frequent. Mm -hmm. He wasn't answering calls. He kept talking about how he was still trying to get money for the Mm -hmm. movie to the point where it just fizzled out. And they were like, well, fuck it, I guess uh, album time. Mm -hmm. We thought we were going to be in a movie, but never mind. And so to this day, uh, Ron and Russell will kind of like jokingly mock movies. They didn't exactly come out of that the happiest because he essentially like... 70s ghosted them (laughs) and they were really excited to get into movies yeah like i'm sure you heard their interview at the end of propaganda right they said that they wanted to finally do acting in a way where they didn't feel obligated to do music yeah exactly so it just really was a big old letdown for them they later do get to make a film debut in hit disaster movie roller coaster but we can't talk about that until we talk about big beat of course we will discuss that movie at a later Mm -hmm. date but keep in mind we will be discussing that movie um besides that the production went actually the smoothest it has for an album of sparks by far there wasn't really much drama between bandmates. There is just a little bit of a disagreement with the uh, less 
rock and roll stylings and that was mainly a critique coming from their typical guitar player Mm -hmm. because there weren't enough shreddy solos he would even complain to the head of island being like we're not making a sparks record this is too different but beyond that the rest of the band understood and after finding a new producer who is experienced in strings one Tony Visconti. Tony Visconti. Tony Visconti over here. They still did keep their usual producer, I'm hoping just because of his cool-ass name, Muff Windwood, mm-hmm. to lurk in the background in a good way, where he wouldn't really give much feedback or anything in the moment. He would just make sure recording was going smoothly, and after everything was done, review it to decide, is this truly ready for distribution? Once Ron and Russell started really, really hitting it off with Tony Visconti, the bandmates weren't really getting much one-on-one time with the actual creative process. It was mostly Ron, Russell, and Tony in the corner, discussing string arrangements and all that, while the rest of the band just kind of chills. Ron and Russell had never written string arrangements before which is why they needed Tony to really write down their thoughts because Ron especially really likes to describe things visually so something about Tony's chemistry with them made it really possible for him to know exactly what they wanted put it on paper and get it executed with some hired studio musicians I'd say that's about it Am I correct in thinking that this is the first time we've heard Ron's voice on a record? Oh, yes, indeed. He does pop in uh, a little bit. Also, Tony Visconti's wife at the time popped in a little bit. Really? Yeah, for the absurd and confusing wedding of Jacqueline Kennedy and Russell Mm. May. (laughs) Well, to bounce off of that, let's get into our Sparks Book Reports. These are something we write for every album every month to just sort of give a quick opinionated summary on the record. And we rank them on the patented Ignitometer, where we scale everything Sparks related on a ranking system upon which items are either extremely flammable or on the other end, make the fewest tiny little bit of baby Sparks. This ranks from stone all the way to oil left in pan too long. Would you mind if I started, Jamie? I'd be insulted if you didn't. All right. This is Gibbs Sparks book report on the album Indiscreet. The males go full-on big band mode for a packed record filled with silly lyrics juxtaposing with lush string and horn instrumentation. Whether it's the pep rally spirit of Get in the Swing or the educational jaunt that is Pineapple, Indiscreet's tracks make you feel like you're back in school again. Just swap your principal for a high-voiced mop top and short shorts and the vice principal with a suburban Charlie Chaplin who will always hate you. I love that you've brought up the performance of getting the swing with Russell in the shortest of shorts, really executing perfectly his guy from LA character. <laughs> it really does just hit it home for you where they're from. Like, you don't look at those legs, like in the video for Get in the Swing. Mm-hmm. Those are toned Los Angeles legs. Those are not the legs of a nervous British fop. This is a, to quote Russell, he's no Freud. He's from L.A. That's right. And it's the first time I think they've actually referenced the fact that they're from the U.S. in the lyric. Mm -hmm. It took many albums for them to finally admit, especially to the British, like, sorry, we're from far away. We're from Hollywood land. And we can talk about the conflicts between British adopted identity and American guilt when we talk about hospitality on parade. Yeah, totally. So let's listen to your book report, Jamie. Sure. 
So this is Jamie's Sparks Book Report on Indiscreet. On their fifth album, Sparks misses at the start, but scores some huge hits right at the end. Indiscreet sees the male brothers maintain their positions as orators for a cavalcade of nouveau riche dunderheads, cuckolds, and miserably married couples, this time with a heaping dose of Broadway schmaltz. Where their past records dealt with eroticism via winking innuendos, an overall atmosphere of sweaty sexual frustration pervades the entire album, and flavors the many narratives concerning the lives of the idly wealthy. For the best example, look no further than Miss the Start, Miss the End, where Ron Mail nearly approaches profundity with the line, There are things to be loved and things to only attend. Less successful, however, are the Billy Joel pastiche, Tits, and Sparks' take on Baby It's Cold Outside, the raucous, disorienting How Are You Getting Home. From my perspective, the further Sparks gets from their rock roots, it seems as if they're able to properly branch out as artists and avoid making dreck like Slow Boat that makes me want to hang myself from my family tree. <laughs> Lovely. We're barely in. The Slow Boat has already started. Lovely. <laughs> Um, You've made it such a part of our marketing, I've noticed. <laughs> I am very much an ambassador for the slowest of boats. <laughs> All right, that was great. Uh, I guess I'll start ranking yours on the Ignitometer. Here's the thing. Before you made that slow boat comment, I was going to give you an oil left in pan too long, the highest ranking. <laughs> you were so close, Jamie. Oh, you were a, almost oh, a no. master. But I do have to just give you one less rank and give you a, a bad toaster. Uh, uh, well, you know what? I got oil left in pan too long last time, and maybe I thought I was going to rest <laughs> on my laurels. But <laughs> Gib, I thought that your references to a school environment were very appropriate, considering the environments of Happy Hunting Ground and the reference to... The shortest of shorts and Russell's annoyingly toned legs were very, very appreciated. <laughs> annoyingly toned is the best way to put it. <laughs> because he's always wearing trousers, so when you see him in the short shorts, you're like, How dare you? How dare you have developed hammies? <laughs> those those are supposed to be like toothpicks, the shade of like printing paper. I'm supposed to be able to break on them by blowing on them <laughs> yeah i thought that you perfectly captured the stupid opulence of the album with your <laughs> description so i'm going to give you an oil left in pan too long oh thank you so much oh that was such a vivid way of describing my level of vivid lovely following that we shall be entering now our top three tracks i Shall start, if that is fine with you, Jamie. Absolutely. Lovely. My top three, first one a surprise uh, at first to me, is a Pineapple, In the Future, and Looks, Looks, Looks. Terrific. Well, I should clarify that we listened to the 21st Century Remaster, which includes yes. the B-side profile and the rare sketch the wedding of Jacqueline <laughs> Kennedy to Russell Mail. So those two tracks are included. However, their cover of I Want to Hold Your Hand and the B-side England were not featured on the version of the album that we listened to, so we won't be talking about those. My top tracks are Under the Table with Her, Miss the Start, Miss the End, and Profile. Ooh, very good picks. I'm curious what got Miss the Start, Miss the End to the top for you. 
It was the first song that I felt very interested by. Even on the first time that I listened to the album, I was walking home from the train station and when the piano chords started, it was around the time that I was getting to my apartment and I actually walked the extra block to hear the rest of the song before going back into the apartment because I was so struck by the opening piano chords. And then hearing this story, I found it very relatable because my mother often gives the advice, if you know it's not really going to be your jam, come late, leave early. Oh. (laughs) And so when I heard it phrased as miss the start, miss the end, I thought, yeah, that's been my experience for certain things. And the funniest thing in the song to me is honestly just the bit where the song just goes into the C major scale. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's such a funny (laughs) musical joke. And I hadn't really heard that sort of gag from Sparks before. And it threw me off. I was delighted by that. And it's another one of Sparks' stories, like, Thank God It's Not Christmas, or Don't Leave Me Alone With Her, where the narrator is in this miserable couple, except this time... He's jealous of this other couple who's having so much fun with each other that they miss all the events that they're supposed to double date on. Or they miss the beginning and the end of them because they're too busy in their bungalows doing God knows what. (laughs) Doing Ron knows what, perhaps. Um, (laughs) But I find it very funny and charming in a way that I didn't with Thank God It's Not Christmas because Thank God It's Not Christmas was about this wandering playboy going through the streets of England and seeing people having fun, knowing that he's got a partner at home. Whereas here, here you can almost imagine that the misery is kind of shared between the two partners, like looking at this couple and like, boy, they're having so much fun. And now we have to explain the beginning of the movie to them. It's nice, I think, to have the misery of the narrator feel as if it's being shared by their partner as opposed to the gross playboy of thank god it's not christmas who is like look at all these people having fun i wish i was having fun instead of being at home with my fucking wife (laughs) yeah that's a really good point it's the story of a miserable couple bonding over jealousy instead of what can almost be a cliche in a lot of songs where it's just like ah damn this ball and chain life was different before the ball and Mm -hmm. chain yeah it's weird it took me a little bit of time to appreciate the song i knew i liked the uh, intro a lot but it was repeated listens for me that really uh hit it home Mm -hmm. it reminds me of how are you getting home yeah takes what they tried earlier in the album and instead really succeeds with it on this track now on a very different musical note i'd like to talk about the story of me and pineapple yes Please do. It almost made my top three. It's funny. On first listen, I hated it Mm -hmm. because I wasn't really listening to the lyrics. It was just the instruments and Russell yelling pineapple at me Mm -hmm. uh, a few seconds at a time. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this? And then I read into it and find it's some weird ass, like almost an ad for pineapples and selling pineapples. I also found through the book that it's written by Russell 
and Russell's most proud self-written song. Russell wrote this one entirely by himself. Wow. Yes. And he said of, of all the ones he wrote himself, he is most proud of <laughs> Pineapple. He claims that he is very proud to be the spokesperson getting the info out there for this fruit. Is this uh, the first one <laughs> thus far that he's written entirely by himself? I believe so. He just loves the damn track. I also love the last line, so please visit our factory soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just such a funny way of, if you didn't get the point quite yet, that it's like an odd concept ad for pineapple. Here's just a little note. I love it because it's such a random little buzzkill in a way too, because it's very whimsical and fun for the whole time and like showing how pineapple helps every type of person. We're getting them in the schools. It helps at work. It's a great food. The prisoners love it. Yeah, exactly. There's Even that is whimsical. So at the very end to just be and on that one piano note from Ron, that little ding and go, oh, right. Uh, this is for a factory. It's, it's probably shitty to work here, um, but visit. Hey. <laughs> also, that opening verse seems as if it's oh, yeah. read right off like a tin talking about yeah. it being oh high God, in yeah. vitamin C content. And like this barbershop type style. It's I love so, that. It caught my attention. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of how you described how Miss the Star, Miss the End got your attention with that intro. The barbershop quartet going, mm-hmm. singing about vitamin C content. <laughs> this one got me going, wait, no, there's more to this. I need to look into this strange song right in the middle of the album. But then the other top track that also took a little bit of time to decide is a top three for me is looks 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 Mm -hmm. because at first it was going to be get in the swing sure because of mainly the the questionnaire bit near the end where god's showing up trying to see if you could fill him out and (laughs) russell's like dude nah i'm busy Mm -hmm. but with looks 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 I really like how it's more cinematic, I guess. Both of them feel like they'd play in movies, but Looks, 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 I think, feels less like a pep rally song for, like, a big football game and more of, like, like a movie theme that they, you know, very often like to do, evoking Hollywood-type music. Yes. So this month's movie song that I've found is I feel like Looks, Looks, Looks feels like the theme for, like, an old-fashioned animated Disney villain voiced by justin long (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna get his attention damn it he seems like a nice guy he might just do it out of pity come on the show justin if you're not too much of a fucking coward justin long star of tusk and accepted (laughs) justin long get on over here (laughs) so damning And now to just sort of end my little bit of top threes, I'll talk about in the future. Mm. There's just some good guitar shredding and keyboard work that I think thanks to the fact that it isn't like the whole style of the album really just like kicks hard because they aren't doing the kimono level like every song has like a soaring guitar riff but because of that anytime there's that bit where russell says in the future and there's that little like after every time he says that Mm -hmm. nice little bit of kick-ass guitar i had a feeling that you'd like in the future yeah because you love the more energetic kick you in the face kind of spark songs and to be honest it's the one that feels the closest to kimono as a matter of fact a lot of the chord progressions reminded me of this town 
Yeah, kind of. It feels like one of those sort of rejected soundtrack songs by a famous band that doesn't make it in the actual movie. It gave me Bill and Ted vibes. Like, I know the movies had not come out yet, but there's something about In the Future that reminds me of when uh, Beethoven's jamming on the keys in the mall. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was like, this feels like it. This feels like the music for when Bill and Ted are running around with historical figures trying not to get caught by, like, truancy officers or some Mm. shit. (laughs) <laughs> i love under the table with her it's, it's got so a funny. very here comes bob sort of feel to yes. it mm-hmm. where it's yeah, music it's... hall miniature but it also combines it with that child perspective of thanks but no thanks from the last album although i yeah. didn't initially think that it was about children i thought it was about two grown people who were going under the table to make nookie (laughs) yes the classiest way to describe it but then after reading the lyrics and then listening to the song over and over and thinking about well why would this person call themselves the subhuman species yeah i really do like the lyric dinner for 12 is now dinner for 10 because i'm under the table with yeah it's a very sweet lyric I was mentioned that I think this is the first time I've heard Ron Mayle's voice because I do get a lot of joy out of hearing his fake British accent going, Dinner for 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that part too. I mean, Under the Table with Her was competing with Pineapple and Looks, Looks, Looks for that oh. third spot. And I think okay. ultimately it came down to what's the one that I found myself randomly singing when the album wasn't playing and i often found myself in my office like tidying up going dinner for 12 (laughs) (laughs) profile is a really fun one i like it's kind of jaunty almost halloweeny keys yeah there's something kind of it's very spooky oingo boingo would only get to this like 10 years later yeah (laughs) Oh, exactly. Yeah. I love the crowd vocals or something uh, going, profile, Yeah, profile, I love it too. Profile, it's profile. like a song that would be playing at like some sort of dance event at a family function yeah. or something. Maybe people doing like the <laughs> Moscow kick uh, or something exactly. to it. There's a song that we're going to be listening to uh, two records from now. Mm that has a similar vibe like this where i almost get like bar mitzvah vibes Uh, no totally someone's getting lifted on a chair and that's when the chanting of profile kicks absolutely that's exactly what i meant when i said some sort of group dance at a family event yeah Yeah. (laughs) i initially thought that it was about like a magazine profile of like a celebrity and i thought that that was how it tied into the album's constant themes about wealth But Mm -hmm. then upon inspecting the lyric, it's this very clever way of talking about the cold shoulder. It's, oh, I haven't seen the other side of your face in a while. (laughs) Don't your face include more than a profile? (laughs) I've never heard someone getting the cold shoulder being described in in that way. It felt very unique and creative. Yeah, it's really special in that way. Very good. And the reference to Whistler's mother also gave me a sort of they might be giantsy kind of vibe to it. And yeah. there's the TMBG vibe to Happy Hunting Ground as well. Yeah, Happy Hunting Ground's a funny one too about a guy who just wants to at least hang around, if not go back to college, because he just he finds everyone outside of there boring and dull. And, yeah, it was easier for him uh, to get laid in college. Instrumentally, 
it's pretty fast paced and sounds kind of cheery but it's really in my opinion just really sad hearing this guy be like i'm fucked because i can't hang around college bars all day Mm -hmm. (laughs) everyone outside's miserable and not spreading their legs with a smile (laughs) (laughs) wildly fucked in a gleeful way if we are both fairly wrapped up on our top three tracks I'd say it's a good time to go to commercial. Definitely. We will be right back with our bottom three tracks. See you in a bit. Totally awesome! Isn't Sparks like totally dutical? They're okay. Okay? Twiggy, Sparks is your ultimate favorite group in the whole world. For sure. Hello? Ring, ring. Hello? Oh, we're so happy you answered so quickly. Hello, we are with the Battery Gospel. Have you heard of us? I certainly have. I haven't been able to get you people off my doorstep. Matter of fact, there's one of them. Get, get, get out. Get out of here. Oh, that's just Billy. Oh. He loves knocking on doors. That's why we hired him. Oh. Anyway, we at the Battery Gospel have decided to uh, embrace a new form of outreach. You know, you've obviously learned of our door-to-door methods, but lately we've been finding them a bit more uh, unsuccessful. Some people just don't want to let us in their door. So we've decided to invade through the phone. Us at the Battery Gospel are trying to change lives spiritually through growth, power, money, and just overall indiscreet behavior. Uh, Are you a member of the Gospel? Uh, I'm assuming since we still have people kicking on your door, you haven't joined. I'll be honest, I've been a bit of a holdout. Mm, That's fair, that's fair. We're a bit intimidating and mysterious. We don't really like to give out much info until you've joined and have joined for three months so uh, we understand that we can be a bit confusing in our methods but for now just for this quick moment of your time can i give you a questionnaire yeah sure i've got a roast in the oven so i've got some time oh yes we don't often get yeses lovely okay well you'll be happy to know that answering this questionnaire will indeed give you a five dollar gift card to pizza hut this is an official deal or is this a coupon that you just have that you're going to give to me I'll be transparent. I received this coupon as a Arbor Day gift from a friend of a friend. Congratulations! It was from a a friend of a friend of a friend, so don't congratulate me all that well. It did used to have way more money on it, I I will say. I I did not receive a $5 uh, Pizza Hut gift card. I received a a $60 Pizza Hut gift card. And you spent $55 uh, they, at the Pizza Hut. I did, and they do not sell uh, anything for just $5, so I mean, it's useless to me. You know, you as someone who hasn't joined and is probably much more lowly uh, than uh, our crowd, you'd probably love $5 at Pizza Hut. You're, you know, you're, you're a little scrounger. It's true. I actually lied about having a roast in the oven. It's not a roast, it's two beef sticks that I've tied together with some string cheese yeah see we do our research on who to call we we look up we try to find the saddest people in the phone book Mm. uh purely by phone number because if you don't know the government does actually assign phone numbers based on personal judgment uh (laughs) some numbers are for the better some numbers are for well we'll just say you now let's start this questionnaire number one do you pay bills i do i pay bill my gardener uh, Bill, my phone guy, uh, and then there's William, who delivers baked goods, and then there's Billiam, 
who runs a wire from my computer to my TV. And then there's BJ, Bill Jr. Uh, let, let me... Let... Hmm? Uh, let me stop you there before you get into 20 bills. Our second question is, how would you feel about never paying them again? I feel fine about it. I don't think they'd take too kindly to it. Sure, sure, sure. But here's the thing. If you do that, you could give us all of that money. Now, doesn't the battery gospel sound a bit more um, like a good charitable place to donate to as opposed to all these fucking bills in your lives. I mean, come on. If you join us, after this questionnaire, of course, and after we let you in and all that, you get not just a free hat, a free hat that might be in your size. I mean, come on. What? It might even be like a sports hat or something. I don't know. We haven't got So I'm looking at the yet, brochure but... right now. It looks like yeah. this hat has a wide brim, but a really tiny top. Indeed. It's sort of a, our uh, signature. We at the Battery Gospel have sort of started our own line of apparel, and we think it's popping off. I gotta say, it seems like this brochure is mostly a clothing catalog. Clothing and accessories? Uh, that is a nice pendant. Mm -hmm. it, we we sort of see ourselves as sort of a, uh, a startup belief system. You know, like how Silicon Valley has a bunch of tech startups and you don't know how they're going to go or how long they'll last. We're like that. You might know us from our Indiegogo page or our uh, Facebook Marketplace ads. You're the ones who've been trying to get rid of that $5 coupon! Ah, uh, see, you do know more about us than you thought. Yeah. I put a uh, bid on it last week for $100, and someone outbid me. That's how we get you. That's how we get your attention. That's actually how we got your IP address. Oh! Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, don't, no, we won't misuse it. We just use it as sort of a, a decoration. We line our walls with IP addresses just to sort of keep our minds fresh. We found posters are a bit too fun and distract the mind. All right, as long uh, as I'm not the only one. And of course, uh, next question being, uh, would you be willing to relocate for the battery gospel? Once this roast gets out of the oven, I've got nowhere else to be. I don't want to abandon the roast is my main sure concern. sure we are a pro roast religion oh yeah don't worry we we even make hats for the roasts is there a uh, level of distance that's too much for you because we may consider uh sending you to alaska anchorage happens to be our uh, main training spot for uh, new recruits we know that might sound a bit like it's uh, an employment situation and that you'll be doing work for us as a company but rest assured that's not the case Sorry, did you say company? Uh, or are you company or are you religion? Oh, oh, right. Uh, well, since we're a, a startup religion, we're sort of kind of a mishmash, you know? Uh, side note, if you do join, your robe will most certainly have the 7-Up logo <laughs> on it for a good while. That's also the following question. Are you okay with being sponsored by 7-Up? <laughs> Look, if you just want to send the questionnaire via mail, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll be able to fill out the rest of it. Uh, the the oven oh. is there's smoke that's uh, coming out of the oven oh, right oh, now. Oh, 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 I'm I, I'm so sorry. Okay, well, we'll send our, we'll just yeah, we'll mail it to you. Yeah. Uh, we don't usually work on the uh, traditional U.S. Postal Service. We typically deliver via a six-legged donkey mutant. So, uh, just keep a lookout on that. Uh, thank you very much. Have a good day. Oh, I didn't even get your name. 
Okay, bye. And welcome back to Mayo Living Space, a podcast about sparks. Me and Jamie have been discussing our top three tracks from the 1975 album Indiscreet. A very accurate title. It's the least discreet album. When asked about it being uh, self-indulgent in the 2000s, Russell answered, Well, yeah, sometimes people say, that's a really self-indulgent record. And we'll say, thank you for noticing. Despite critical... I guess somewhat backlash even from the fans and the band itself opposing their more high concept orchestral arrangements. It's a solid record. I feel like anyway. self-indulgent when I hear about that to me, that means excess as in excessive yeah. length or a degree of maximalism, but I don't see either of yeah. those here really. Neither do I. I guess a, a lot of people just weren't really happy with the style change. A lot of people were like, where's the rock and roll man? And just like dipped. But Ron and Russell had a great time making it. They weren't thinking like, this is our permanent style change. They were just like, we have, we've been doing the rock thing for a little bit. Let's try something mm-hmm. new. And Ron was just really interested in his strings and wanted to find someone who could help him compose. And it very much evokes a specific style, like old Hollywood and big bands and stuff. But comparing two other big bands and stuff, it's not over-the-top big bandy music. There's more over-the-top shit out there. I I think they're pretty tasteful with their uh, evoking of that kind of uh, style. And if people had been paying attention, they'd notice that the band's been tilting in this direction since the second album, which was full of eclectic sounds. Yeah, exactly. And like even Here Comes Bob mm-hmm. is a good example of like they've loved violin and stringy arrangements for a while yeah. now. This isn't like a new idea that they're just like throwing at the wall and seeing if it sticks. Like there's been a little DNA of this in a while, kind of in the same way that slowly but surely they've kind of been working some like synthy keyboard sounds into it mm-hmm. not extremely but kind of a nice little taste of like okay you guys are starting to get into it slowly but surely okay let's see where this goes later years anyway uh, we are now about to discuss our bottom three tracks from the album uh jamie would you like to start sure my bottom three tracks for this record are in the future how are you getting home and tits I'm pretty damn surprised. Okay, my bottom three are uh, The Lady is Lingering, How Are You Getting Home, and unfortunately, because I couldn't find a, another song that I was like really, really met on, I did put Miss the Start, Miss the End. Mm. While I do love the intro, it's just one of those where I had to pick something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, okay, at least because of that, I'll talk about the song. So you're telling me that you liked it? <laughs> That's actually the surprise for me. I'm surprised you didn't like it. Uh, why don't you like Tits, Jamie? I don't like Tits because it's the longest song on the album. I guess it's been a trend where I've found that Sparks works best in miniature. Under the table with her, we're in, we're out, going through the chorus a few times. Missed the start, missed the end. Never turn your back on Mother Earth. Less than three minutes. But... Here on Tits, I referenced Billy Joel in my book report because I felt that Billy Joel also does these songs about infidelity and alcoholism and takes his sweet fucking time. (laughs) And in between really 
lovely miniatures. Pineapple and it ate 1918 is this big behemoth tits. Yeah. <laughs> I can hardly wait for it to end. Yeah, I, that's definitely fair. It definitely goes a bit longer than I'd expect. Mm -hmm. And that's a good point. Yeah, you haven't really been a huge fan of their longer more drawn out tracks i mean it reminds me a lot of how nothing is sacred was such a drag yeah <laughs> that sort of like okay i get it you kind of want a slow step rhythm to it we're kind of getting there with our sweet time but if it's too repetitive that's when it becomes like a drag when you're really like i've heard you say this like 20 mm -hmm. times this could have been trimmed down but i also think that it recalls certain things that I didn't like about falling in love with myself again, which is the sing-along quality of it. Yeah. The drink, Harry, yeah. drink, the rousing refrain. I'm not in a group setting. I'm on a train with headphones on, and I don't really feel the spirit. Sure. Okay, yeah, I get that. I, I think for me, it was just like the comedic odd cucking story <laughs> that like sort of won it over for me. Like I said, I agree that it can get drawn out for a bit, mm -hmm. but I just really like the story of it turning out that the, the bartender that he cares for so much has been fucking his wife this whole time. But it's so funny that the dude is so pathetic. Mm hmm that he's not even mad you don't really detect any anger he's still like could you drive me home dude like hey i understand that you've been fucking my wife but like you want to drink some more <laughs> like it, it's just so hilariously sad and pathetic which is definitely a perspective that the males really like to take lyrically is just like these songs from the perspective of absolute losers mm -hmm. like i've heard ron say on a couple occasions that especially with any kind of love story he really likes to try to explore different perspectives and more specific stories than the usual like either i i love them but they don't love me back or uh, a simple breakup song or something he always wants to try to find these really specific weird stories to tell about love like a man getting cocked frequently but still goes to the same bar and talks to the same guy <laughs> do you feel as if your love for sparks's tales of losers is it any way correlated with the way that the venture bros narrates stories oh. about sad sacks yeah i think that is a good point i love the show venture brothers uh it's sort of a parody of like old adventure genre cartoons and a lot of just nostalgic old characters with a dark twist mainly with characters who are usually seen as like oh you were a hero when you were a kid or something or now just sad sack losers i think it's always just a fun perspective for the comedy to just not even necessarily give some sort of path of redemption for a loser character mm -hmm. but more just like solidify that opinion for you that it's like do not look up to them they're hilariously sad and the fun isn't so much like their journey to success or changing themselves it's more just like how long are they gonna last being this stupid Mm -hmm. and i just always find that entertaining another show that evokes that a bit for me is always sunny mm -hmm. you at no point as a viewer are supposed to be thinking god i hope this works out <laughs> or i hope uh, i hope this mission is a success no you're going from the first second like oh my god you loser like i'm just gonna get on this roller coaster and see if you live so yeah that's a really good point i think that's why i enjoy a lot of songs like these i, I put in my notes for uh tits with a question mark at the end the cucks anthem <laughs> uh <laughs>
Maybe that would be no more Mr. Nice Guys, honestly. Oh, yeah, that might be it. Speaking of, like, songs that kind of turn into a slog, that's kind of why I put The Lady is Lingering mm. as a bottom three for me. And for that reason, but also because I felt like they've done this sort of song, but better. It reminds me a little bit of, like, Don't Leave Me Alone With Her, where it feels kind of like covered territory I don't know. I just don't get much out of it. Uh, instrumentally, it's got uh, kind of like tits and kind of like nothing is sacred where it's like a slowness that I guess you're supposed to just kind of settle into and get yeah. comfortable. But I'm just like, please, can we can we move on? I get it. Sure. Um, Admittedly, the loser epicenter of Lady is Lingering is a little less fleshed out than the one in tits yeah exactly. this one doesn't know why this woman is making all of these seductive motions he can't believe that it's even happening it's like no you you idiot but that sort of sexual <laughs> frustration i do agree it's done way better on other songs mm. on the album but it's not done better on how are you getting home which is our common ground it's oh, it's giving yeah. barbecue <laughs> Oh god, it does have barbecue vibes. Oh my god. It, it feels like now almost every album at this point has one song where Russell pushes the high note a bit too far. Mm -hmm. And so every time he's just like chirping, how are you getting home? I'm like, oh, please stop. It's not a headphone song because of that. Yeah. So much like chirping in my head. <laughs> it's like when Weird Al like breaks out his goofy voice. <laughs> oh, you get home? Exactly. Oh god. <laughs> Oh, wow. There's even, like, a song example I can think of of Weird House that I've been listening to that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why he shouldn't do that. <laughs> His parody of I Love Rock and Roll, I Love Rocky yeah. Road, where uh, every time he gets bit or something, he does like that. Yeah! Kind of thing. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it evokes that, but because it's not a full-on comedy song like Weird Al, it's like, please stop. I like when it gets kind of smooth. Yeah, I do too. He's just like, talking about how it's it's kind of sweet where he's like i'm not trying anything it's literally on my way i'm just uh, like come on dude like that's fine but god yeah when it gets to the chorus and he's repeating himself it's like oh no. yeah i honestly wonder if the song would have fared better if it hadn't tried to go for the smooth outward appearance and like the ravenous wolf whistling chorus if it had just like gone with like the full smooth like pickup artist vibe yeah if it almost kind of borrowed a bit of that barbershoppy vibe yeah if it had um, gone with even some of the more jazzy flair of looks 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 to sort of give the kid glove treatment to this gross story yeah <laughs> yeah exactly I'm really curious also why uh, you weren't into In the Future. I didn't really have a problem with The Lady is Lingering because I really loved the bass line. But by the time okay. we got to In the Future, to be honest, I feel that before Miss the Start, Miss the End, in 1918, Lady is Lingering and In the Future, to me, they feel like kind of a sweet. Hmm. Oh, okay. And I think I was just really annoyed by <laughs> the way that Russell kept like <laughs> hollering like, future <laughs> and they just found that kind of obnoxious <laughs> maybe the same way that you found him going lingering kind of yeah i think that's honestly that's like those three songs right because he does yelping on it 1918 i'd call it like the yelp suite yeah the <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that'd be so funny. I love the idea of them at shows being like, time for the Yelp suite. <laughs> yeah, just... <laughs> It also reminds me of how in the, I think it was the late 2000s, maybe 2010s, they did this killer lineup of shows where every day they would play uh, a certain album in full and they would go in order. Oh! Yeah, it's legendary. We'll talk about that closer to when they started doing that. Mm. And also just in the documentary, they discuss it a lot. And I think it's really interesting. Mm. But yeah, basically they decided to do a shit ton of shows one for every album and one day after the other with like no breaks so it's like wow. first day show is them doing the self-titled and it's just that's all the show is and they perform each album with like the same level of enthusiasm and with the same working band mm. too so they had the same band learn every album wow. so that they could knock it out every day and so it just makes me think of like if i went to see the indiscreet show if we saw it i'd be hyped at the yelp suite and they and like you'd be like oh no the yelp suite <laughs> or it's like the silly voice suite i guess because he's not really yelping on lady is lingering but he is yeah pushing that falsetto to a yeah it's it's a little tacky so like what are your feelings towards it ain't 1918 I thought it was the same sort of miniature feel as Under the Table with Her, but a little less mm -hmm. successful because I thought it really hit upon something nice with like the little like clapping percussion. Yeah, me too. And that was my favorite part of it. And I wish that they'd sustained that for the song in a way where it felt like the pace was escalating. I did like the diminished chord, the girl tied to the train tracks chord, as it's colloquially oh, known. Yeah. <laughs> I rarely hear those yeah. in any pop rock song, very less a pop rock pre-chorus. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, I wished that it had played a little bit more with rhythm and maybe even played more with the sound of the couple's world being 1918. And then the outside world being something different. If they were doing things like jazz and Baroque arrangements, they probably could have done something that made it feel a little more like the two were in distinct worlds, either through distortion or through some sort of instrumental change-up. Ooh, that's a really good idea. I think that would really fix it up, because I was thinking about how my least favorite part is, yeah, when they dip out of the speedy old-timey thing and just kind of slow it down a mm -hmm. bit when russell starts singing it ain't 1918 except for these two yeah. it's a clear difference but because it's not like you said like a sound that really evokes a different era or a different time point it's just kind of jarring it takes out the momentum from the rhythm that you were describing pretty quickly launches back into it but it always feels kind of like a speed bump mm -hmm. so distortion or something a little more clear or hell even uh like a kimono my house style little bit of shredding to be like ah this is the present right none of your bluegrass stringy sensibilities we are rock and roll that would make it really pop out a bit more you said that you really just put miss the start miss the end so you could talk about it a little bit oh yeah yeah but you didn't actively dislike it or anything the intro really hooked me, but for some reason, I almost wanted it to be a bit longer, mm. I think. I kind of wanted a bit more story. Sure. Because I was really, really hooked at first, but by the time it ended, it, I kind of did get this feeling of like, oh, really? Yep. Okay. Next track then, And I it's guess. kind of wild that 
in the original version of the album, that was the closer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. As opposed to the 21st Century Remaster closer, which is Wedding of Jacqueline Kennedy to Russell Mail, which is, Gib, it's basically a Jerky Boys sketch. <laughs> Oh, it really is. Like, oh, God, uh, that's part of why I was excited to talk about this album. Is like, I'm not gonna tell Jamie at all about this weird like skit at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Reading in uh, the book, "Talent Is an Asset: The Story of Sparks," in the chapter about indiscreet, it's not mentioned at all. I think it's some sort of rare studio outtake or something because oh, I can't find yeah. any information. Okay, lovely. Well. Now that we've covered our bottom three, shall we rank the album on the Ignitometer? I feel as if that is best. Jamie, where would you put Indiscreet from 1975 on our patented Sparks Ignitometer? I certainly like it more than Kimono and the debut. I don't know if I love it as much as I love Propaganda. Okay. Because Propaganda has so much of the energy and songwriting flair that's gotten me to understand like the key to the sparks appeal sure, so yeah. i am going to say that indiscreet is an aerosol can very nice i totally understand those points this definitely does share more with kimono my house than propaganda mm -hmm. so i can definitely see it being a bit less your alley out of these first few records so far, this might honestly be my favorite. It just barely beats out propaganda because, yeah, it's got more of the quicker, peppier stuff that you mentioned that I tend to like, thanks to In the Future and all that speediness that sort of will lean further and further into punk. So I would probably give Indiscreet a bad toaster. Wow. It's close to being oil left in pan, but then you still got stuff like the lady is lingering and such, mm -hmm. but stuff like looks, looks, looks. I'd say that's the song for me that I was like humming to myself and having in my head, even if I wasn't listening mm -hmm. to it. It feels like another great loser movie anthem. It's that kind of vibe where it just feels so fun and it's nice to kind of set things to it. I, I always love music that can kind of send me into some sort of imagination space in my head mm -hmm. of like, what is this set to? exactly it just feels so deceptively wholesome which i always you enjoy you can tell that ron was super proud of the lyric the face that could launch a thousand hips <laughs> yeah because <laughs> the music stops oh it's so good he's like nah, 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 nah. check this shit out <laughs> so yeah that's my sort of reasoning for it being my favorite so far now that we have done our rankings i'd say it's time for You've got mail. You've got mail. Where me and Jamie read fan letter submissions from all of you around the world and discuss them. Typically, the Postal Service hasn't been too accurate with who's been getting who's, but we've been making it work. Uh, Jamie, have you gotten anything this month? Yes, as a matter of fact. Oh, it, oh it's for you, though. Um, uh, we we, we got to talk to the, the mailman. Yeah. But it's somebody who filled out God's Questionnaire. Oh, lovely. Oh, perfect. Good, 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 good. Uh, what do they got for me? So their name is Rodney Tuscaloosa. Cool. Great. They do have bills to pay. Ooh, okay, okay. They do have time to fill out a questionnaire. It's harder to find these days. They are 
willing to relocate, but only if you provide transportation. Okay, okay. I can provide a horse. Their favorite color is mauve. Hmm. Okay, good. We do have a dedicated mauve room. You have a mauve room? For if you're in a mauve mood. Y- you know, it it solves any mauve-related issues. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I, I I actually misread this. It wasn't I'm willing to move. It's actually I'm willing to move. Willing to move. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what to do now. This just stops me dead in my tracks. I mean, we we have experience in move, but we. I'm gonna have to call up the move guy. See if he can come in like full time. Okay. okay. Yeah, I know you've got him on retainer. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's always on the move. <laughs> Uh, horrible i love Uh, this um favorite place to be the movie theater (laughs) so i just keep going through the questionnaire yeah you can do whatever you want if it's if this if the rest of this letter is just them making mauve puns i mean they're favorite star wars character grandma of tarkin Oh god! Any any more any more in the chamber, or should I read? Uh, my favorite Eurodance song. I like to mob it, mob it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so that's someone who filled out God's questionnaire. I don't know why it got said to me, but thanks, Rodney, for uh, for filling for filling out the form. Yeah, thanks, Rodney. We're 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 glad to know that right now the hit part of our religion is the mold. <laughs> They must have heard about the mauve room um, from the catalog. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's We really got to make more pages about the religion. And it also shouldn't be, like, the back. It, it, you shouldn't have to look at the back for any actual info. Yeah. I think the mauve guy also is the pamphlet <laughs> guy, so we'll be in touch. So, yes, I indeed received also the incorrect correspondence. This is for Jamie Yogihara, <sighs> whoever is running the mail in both of our cities is doing a terrible oh, god job. i feel um, that like we have to go to a more old-fashioned forum because those people might know what to do like maybe we need to get on the pony express or something Ooh, yeah there you go we'll get that sorted uh so this letter is from one shamalama ding dong oh uh, it says yeah. it french i my first thought was uh cajun but <laughs> There's no location here. All it says, well, on the address where there's supposed to be an address, it just says from parts unknown. Oh, so, like Tony Bourdain, R.I.P. to the goat. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> I guess I'll just, I mean, it's got a stamp on it, so it was officially mailed, mm, okay, so okay. I, I can trust it's not, like, anthrax. I don't mail it. Ah! <laughs> Damn it! <sighs> okay, it's not anthrax, but it is, uh, I did get hit with a bunch of blue ink. Oh, is there yeah. black pepper in there also? Uh, yeah, I got, so you know those, like, things, those, like, uh, ink exploding yeah, things? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, at, well, first banks, but now shopping. So, <laughs> it wasn't just that. It was a, it was a bunch of pepper and blue mm-hmm. ink. <laughs> I mean, there's still a letter. I guess I'll read it. No. <sighs> yeah, I gotta, gotta get the water out of my eyes oh. first. Oh. Woo! Okay. Dinner for 12. <laughs> You're just busy singing. 
Okay, so the letter is first off, it's very ransom note style. It seems to be magazine clippings, okay. uh, and it yeah. just says, "And it was for you, damn! This ink and pepper was for you, oh, damn it!" Shit. It says, uh, "Dear Jamie Ogihara, you just blew yourself. Slow boat rules. God oh. fucking damn it! <laughs> Enough of these uh, people. This." Uh, and I would have been so happy if it got to you. I would have supported the ink and pepper bombing. Oh. <laughs> but now I've just been made a fool by my own legion. Oh. God damn. At least we got a new recruit in the battery. Yeah, that's like, true. I can Congratulations. Say, I, I got a win on that, but how the hell am I supposed to get all this blue ink and pepper off my face? I I have to be somewhere okay. soon. Here, why don't you hop into the steam bath and I'll go and remind the listeners where they can find us. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Thank you. Thank you to everyone for listening to Mail Living Space. Remember, if you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the show on the podcast app of your choosing. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever all your podcasts can be found, not sold. They should be free. Everything should be free. If you want to be featured... On our infamous You've Got Mail segment, be sure to leave a review. You can also find us on social medias. That's right. Gib has set up our lovely Instagram. We are Gib. Is it at Mail Living Space Official? Sorry, I know you can't hear me over the steam. Okay. Yeah, I heard you. Um... <clears throat> Uh, it is at Male Living Space Podcast. The profile picture. It's 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 easy to spot. It's our faces on a one of the future album covers. We'll be talking about Male Living Space Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to hit us up there, or potentially the Pony Express if we look into better mailing options. That's right. Hope you guys had a good Sparks Timber filled with. Hopefully, satisfying lovemaking. Uh, next month, we shall be tackling Sparks' response to the up-and-coming punk rock movement with their album, Big Beat. All right, so look forward to that, and we'll see you all next month. Gib, play us out. All right. Hey, everybody, it's time for our six seconds of legally playable Sparks. Have a good listen. And have a good day. Bye. See you later. Big quakes there, there. Dinner for twelve. Dinner for ten.